0: Welcome to Redefining Success, the Kingdom Builder Spotlight. I'm your host, Eric L. Donovan, the Mindset Disruption Strategist and President and CEO of Paradigm. My teams and I redefine success for purpose-driven families and businesses by challenging social norms and balancing family and finance to build kingdom impact and This is Eric L. Donovan, the Mindset Disruption Strategist. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode of Redefining Success. And I know you're going to enjoy our interview today. Joining me today is Patrick Kilner. He's an author. He's a husband. He's a father. He's a 17-year real estate veteran. Um, But what we're going to be talking about today is more the author, husband, and father side of this and his book and movement of Find Your Six. So Patrick, thank you so much
1: for being with me today. Eric, it is an absolute pleasure. Thank you for having me.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So you know how I start my show. Same way every time. It's a Saturday afternoon. I've got the grill fired up. We're all hanging out. I've invited all my friends over. Would you please introduce yourself to my friends, but you can't talk about your work?
1: Sure. I'm a, as you said, I'm a husband, husband and father. So usually, if I'm at the grill side, I've got a two year old attached to my leg, you know, uh, spilling something on me. Um, our youngest is two, our oldest is 17. Awesome. And, um, and and we, we've been blessed with eight total, which yeah, is gosh. just a, a tremendous thing. So I usually say my wife is super competitive. <laughs> 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 and, uh, and, 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 runs circles around me she is the ceo of this this uh, home and culture that we have here um so that that really is you know frankly the, i see business as merely a vehicle for fatherhood you mm. know, and 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 the degree to which my business serves my family is is the degree to which it's successful money follows That and and I think if you, for me, um, you know I I've just I've done so much to arrange my work life so that I can be a present father. And um, it was great, I was talking to my kids last night around the, um, we put the little ones to bed and we've got sort of two generations, you have the older ones who wanna stay up late and talk. <laughs> and their brains like really turn on around nine o'clock when I'm getting tired.
0: Exactly.
1: And, and so, you know, fire pit outside, it's beautiful here mm. in the DC area right now as, as, as we transition into fall. And um, and so we're just enjoying each other and uh, the music is is, is on and you know, one one of the kids is playing guitar. And, um, and we were, we are just, you know, to me, that that's where it's at, you know, Mm. that's, that's where, um, you know, I I'm so, so thankful. And, and we talk a lot about, you know, the, the business and the family together. And, and my, my, my little girl, my little girl, my, my now, you know, my third, and she's, she was asking me, you know, dad, um, when can I, when can I come and spend some time in your business? She's, she's only 14. Wow. But she saw her older brother this summer uh, helping me, shadowing me. I gave him some discrete projects over the summer and paid him some money um, because he was worth it uh, yeah. to the business. And I see I see the vehicle of business as a tremendous vehicle for the formation of your kids.
0: Mm. I love that. I love that. There's so many questions I want to ask, but I kind of want to start with this. Patrick, what are you passionate about? You
1: know, I mean… I- it, it, made, it might sound trite, but, you know, really, it's, you only get one shot at this, yep. and I've been entrusted with these children,
0: mm, mm.
1: Um, and they're not really mine, they're God's, yep. so I just yeah. get to hang out with them for a short period of time, um, and it, it's coming, as, a, as I have a 17-year-old, you know this, you've got a kid away at school, like, uh, you only have numbers, so long, yes. <laughs> and so, gosh, you know, how, so what am I passionate about? My, I'm passionate about clocking hours, mm with with these kids and with you know with their mother um because because time is short and so i i don't know uh, i don't know if i'm more passionate about anything else than that because i feel just a tremendous obligation and completely um you know i i've never been the smartest guy but I'll, i'll put in the hours yeah and i think that that has to happen relationally first
0: So what I've typically found to be true, and you can tell me, you know, if we need to go a different direction is for a lot of guys who finally figure this out, meaning that the time I spend at home actually returns an investment on what I'm spending at the office. Like I get, I get a return on investment from the time I spend at home. Um, Most times, like they hit a really dark spot that forced them to face it. It's not something they just kind of figured out along the way. What about for you? Did you have that same journey?
1: Uh, For sure. Uh, You know, and and that's, that's, a that is, you're absolutely right. I think it's a very common theme. And, um, you know, I think, when we think oftentimes of dark spots, we think of it as self imposed, or at least Mm -hmm. I do like, hey, you know, I I did these things. And therefore, I, you know, and and the reality is, dark spots come as a result of just life. And we're going to run into in my book, I talk about disruptive factors, you know, when it comes to yep. business, but we all have disruption on on personal levels, and professional levels alike. And it's just part of part of the human struggle. Yeah. So, so yes, for me, and my wife, Elena, you know, our, our fifth child, um, JP was born with special needs. And he was born with not just special needs, but terminal special needs. So mm. he was only with us for 14 months. And you know, our other four children at that time were, were perfectly healthy. He was born with, with, a, um, a condition called spinal muscular atrophy, which right now there's actually treatments that allow kids who were as severe as him. And he was the most severe case we could find in the United States.
0: Really? Um,
1: so it was really, you know, it was really, really tough. And we were running a NICU out of our home mm. for a year. Um, to bring him home to have him be with his siblings and, and to live a new normal. And it was just the most amazing year of our lives. We had no idea how, how long we'd have him because this, this disease um, takes people very different times uh, of life. So, you know, there was kids diagnosed as early as he was who had already gone through college, okay. um, but we, uh, you know, both sadly and joyfully had him for the months that we had him, mm. And, um, and so what was really interesting about that is that uh, so on a business level, it reframed the time that I spent with my family radically, mm. because all of a sudden I physically couldn't be present to my business in a way that I was prior, yeah. which meant that I had to shift and become someone who really understood talent and understood getting out of the way of talent and training people and investing into them very quickly and very deeply so that the business could survive because this is how i provide for my family and um and it was it became one of the absolute greatest blessings Mm -hmm. to my business um and you know and there's so many other lessons in terms of family life and, and and great things there um but i you know having jp during those during those months totally reframed everything and so i i ended up hiring people in order to take over roles that i were on my plate you know my job description mm-hmm. became theirs and um, my job i basically had to fire myself from those job descriptions and mm-hmm. and and become a better leader as a result um it also made me realize uh that the people who matter the most during a disruptive period, are not, uh, are not commodities. They can't, you can't, you can't, those relationships that, that become, you know, that allow you to get through difficulties on a personal level, on a professional level, um, are so, I was so blessed to have them as well. And, um, and that's really what caused me, you know, fast forward, Eight years from his passing, mm-hmm. I began writing my book. and um, because of this this reality, i I studied economics in grad school and you know disruptive theory and this sort of thing. and um and was just fascinated by the reality that uh, people people find disruption in every single industry. and and the people who are who use it as a catapult, have tremendous success and ha- an, an amazing impact on the mm. world and their industry um, and a lot of other people get hit by disruption and got get totally knocked off you know knocked off course. I remember a doctor saying to us in the hospital you know uh, Pat and elena uh you know eighty six percent of people who lose a child uh their their marriage also ends mm. Mm. And I remember talking to Elena about it, and I said, "We're not going to be a statistic here, yeah so what we decide to do with adversity and uh and and disruption, if you will uh radically uh, actually is is ultimately the, the source of joy mm. i think for us yeah and 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 ultimately allows us teaching moments for our children and for our organizations that you wouldn't have had otherwise
0: do you have have you I mean i can't imagine i'm sure there's so many lessons have you narrowed down like what the the biggest lesson <clears throat> you had to learn or the biggest thing you had to change during that time was it the people as commodities change was that really kind of the biggest shift or what really came up for you
1: yeah, there's, there's so much but there is a saying that we have now internally in the business and i try to teach anybody who new who comes comes on this early on is that um is sort of an efficiency question, but it's, a, it's an efficiency question so that you can go focus on the right things. And and it goes something like this: Go and spend your professional time, effort, and money with the most influential so that you can go and spend your personal time, effort, and money with the most in need. Or mm. in my case, you know, they're they're my kids, right? Yeah. Like they happen to have my same last name. And and so i think so often and prior to john paul um we were we believed or i believed that there were never enough hours in the day that i simply could work constantly and 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 that was the only way i was going to get get ahead and after having him in our lives, what I realized is that, no, it's all about the time spent with those who I have this this incredible moral obligation to. And in order to do that, my business needs to serve that, which means I have to be very, very selective about the talent that I hang out with, mm. both internal to the business as well as external to the business, the people who are my raving fans, the people who... Are my best accounts the people who are my my mentors all of that and so being super strategic about that Mm. is what i'm i suppose i'm most passionate about um to get into sort of a a more granular version of what i said earlier
0: here's something i want to kind of ask you about because you have this so well dialed in i would love for you to maybe comment for some of our listeners i think sometimes as business owners, what we really, we get so focused on, like, I need to make an influence. I need to make a difference. And we start looking everywhere out, but inside our own home. Mm -hmm. Like we almost feel, I think sometimes business owners feel guilty. Like I'm not doing enough for the community. I'm not doing enough for XYZ. Talk a little bit about the lessons that you've learned about the gift of turning that influence focus inside to your
1: home. Yeah. Um, I think it's a question of generosity. Okay, I love that. I think ultimately, you know, people who I know who, who have um, you can't you can't be too generous with your family. Mm. Mm. It's impossible. It's an impossibility. Um, and and you and and it, it, it is generous because you may not receive anything. <laughs> Almost definitely won't receive anything in the right. short term. Uh, in terms of a pat on the back or anything like that, it's, you're doing your job. Like yeah. you're, th- this is this is this is the work of of uh, being a parent. So I think the I don't know if that answers your question, but I think it it really is a function of you know, my one of my mentors says to me uh, quite often, you know, Pat. God is not outdone in generosity so like mm. basically you think you're like you're doubling down on this stuff like yeah. you, you you're not even close right and yeah you're being very generous and I think that is that that to me is the is really it you know what are people going to say about you at your funeral like they're mm. not going to care that you spent the extra hour at work they are going to care that you, you know your kids are going to care um, and, and that's the legacy you pass on. And so I, I think it, it really does come back, come down to a question of 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 being really abandoned to the mission. Right? This is what we know of great leaders is they abandon themselves to the mission at hand, regardless of how they feel at the time.
0: Mm, that's good. That's good. Talk a little bit more about your book, kind of what led you to write the book itself and what is the movement of Find Your Six?
1: Yeah, I, I think there's a... <laughs> Um, yeah, they say a book finds you. Uh, there, there's some of that. Uh, look, I got to a point where uh, I was turning forty, and looking back on 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 a great career, um, something I'm really proud of, and and you know having trained a lot of people. Because when we had our son, I had to shift into much more of a training yeah. and and mentoring sort of uh, capacity for my for my company. And when I did that, I started codifying some ideas. I also started interviewing people about how they had become successful in different, different places. And I've always just been fascinated by, by, by what makes great people mm. um, have the impact that they, that they do, both in running great businesses, just by the numbers, as well as you know having very cohesive family lives as well. so I, I sat down with about 60 of the most successful people that i could find. And and there's a lot of them here in the DC metro area mm-hmm. of of all sorts of stripes not just politicians, right? And um and so what i what i was curious about was who were the people that had made them capable of going through their own disruptive periods, right? Cuz if you've been in business long enough, you're going to hit disruption. And um and so I sat down with them and interviewed him. What i found was was that so many really the average number of people that had had a massive impact on these highly successful people over the course of their entire careers was just six people really and that was that was really cool.' I'm like wow, this is not not a question of like wide scope. This is a question of drilling down into a few, just a handful of really, really great relationships. And I had found that that was the case as well. I was so fortunate early in my career to have found a handful of really impactful people who, when I, on on the personal disruption side of things, as well as on the professional disruption side of things, I mean, I I was able to grow two th- through 2008, 2009, when the rest of the, re- the real estate market was just going haywire and gosh, I mean, we went from 1.5 million people with their real estate licenses to 750,000, like they cut in half in 18 months. So, and it was all because I had the right people in my corner and I knew that that was the case. I thought, well, maybe that's just me, but what I found is that that's definitely the case for these others as well. And so in, in interviewing these folks, what I was trying to figure out was, okay, if that's the case, if it's a handful plus one, of great people, how do we find those people faster? Mm. Like what, what's, what's, the, what's the methodology? I'm a business person, I wanna know, is it repeatable? Is there a system, is it, repeat, is it repeatable? Is it teachable to others? Because that allows me leverage, that allows me to, you wanna impact, bring people into your organization where they can do the same. Yeah. And, and so how do I do that? And, and that's what the book really is about, is not just that you should find these six people, but also a way, of, a way of looking at talent that allows you the, the correct vision for, for doing that. And then the path forward, the, the methodology that I learned from these great, these great individuals who are so generous with me to sit down with me for multiple hours, each one, and tell me about their stories as well. And so that's what the book is. It's really how to break away from that and, and really the, the pressures that keep us from doing this as well. Hmm. So that's what the book is about. And it was, a, it was a great passion project, if you will. Frankly, I also, there's a lot of people who talk about writing books and I thought, I don't want to be, be the person who talks about it. And I also want to become a better writer and communicator. Yeah, And I think one of the only ways to do that is to immerse yourself and just do it. Mm. And so I hired an amazing editor who kicked my rear end on a daily basis for two years and helped me do this.
0: Yeah. Writing a book for those that have not done it before is not a quick endeavor.
1: Oh, no, no, (laughs) there's nothing. Only a hundred pages.
0: How long could that take you? I mean, come
1: on. (laughs) Right. No, it's, it is brutal, especially look, we all fancy ourselves writers. Uh, I've, I've quickly learned that I had not honed that skill in quite some time and certainly not to this, to this level.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, How are you coming on finding
1: your six really well so what's interesting about this is that i i was fortunate enough to find six early for me okay and um and and what's been interesting is just like a great bench of talent when you're you know you're running a team your six aren't always the same people. So once you find your, your initial six, it really grows. And I kind of think about it in two ways. One, I've got my six who are my mentors. Mm-hmm. And what's really tough about that as you get a few gray hairs or lose some of them is that it get it. finding mentors can be a little bit tougher. I find, mm-hmm. you know, uh, for me in my forties now, um, finding those peer relationships that are that are mentor relationships are harder, people are busier, um, you feel a little bit weird about going and asking for advice all the time, whereas in my 20s, I could easily find those mentors. Mm-hmm. So uh, I've had a lot of people say to me, gosh, I wish I had this book in my 20s, I would have found my mentors faster as well. So that that's one segment of six. The other segment for me in business is, you know, who are the people those business owners who I can collaborate with and help them grow their businesses, who yep. are in adjacent industries, oftentimes, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and who we can build something bigger and better together, mm. um, and so that's those are constantly. I'm I'm constantly looking for that talent as well, um, and so that's. Uh, and frankly, again, it's changing this year. I, I'm 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 bringing one of those people in to meet the rest of my team tomorrow. Um, and he's bringing his team in and and I, I we're just collaborating and masterminding on how we can do more business together um, and those become very very powerful but people retire um, life circumstances so you always need to have that bench of talent in that way as well mm. and I say the, the the third way that I think is worth mentioning is internal talent you know mm. who am I looking for internally and and I, I am very fortunate to have a really, really awesome, strong six. And I'm always surprised at how abundant talent is. I think if you're not in the talent game, it's, it's easy to make bad hires, right? If you will. Yeah. Um, but what I have found is that we're constantly getting referred because of the network we've built to find those external six people to our business who really help us grow they also are looking for internal talent for us as well. So we're constantly getting referrals or have at least a conversation a week with somebody who's who is just curious than who we're referred to. And so, you know, we don't need to post online to find wow. new and great people. And so that's, um, there's this really cool interplay. Again, you know, how how bulletproof are you going to be for your next disruption? It really is. It's all about the right people around you. Who want to go to the same place? What are you finding? You you mentioned this a little bit, but what what do you think
0: keeps most business owners from actually going after this? This find your six. And um, I'm going to guess the number one is that we we kind of hold on to this idea that nobody else understands what I'm going through, and I just have to do this alone.
1: Yeah, I think there is that like the ego of. And i certainly had this as well until i was forced right the heck out of it i just couldn't I i literally couldn't be there for my for my clients in the same way but this belief yes that that nobody can do it like me nobody's invest as invested in me and the reality is when you get into the into the game of talent you realize that frankly god's made some amazing people (laughs) who are exponentially better than you at a lot of things.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: And so get used to that idea. Now, you may feel as though nobody can be as passionate about this. And that may be right, but it doesn't mean that they that they can't execute on discrete and important things that you may not be as gifted at. Yeah. If given the right motivation, if given the right incentive package, frankly, if given the right vision for where they can go in their career. Sure. Um and so i think that's that's the first thing i think oftentimes we're better at casting we're not great at casting a vision for others because we can't imagine that they would want our vision and they and we assume that they have a vision that is that of of a similar scale so we start a business and we go well i i mean i've never had a you know i've never worked for somebody else i mean since yeah grad school um right and and that was just a year and so i for me it's impossible for me to think that um i would want to adopt somebody else's vision Mm -hmm. but the reality is most people are looking for a, a vision to be part of yeah and so what motivates us as small business owners to go out there and start our own thing and take risk and um and charge sort of charge ahead regardless of what the odds on paper say what motivates us is unique and kind of odd in the marketplace and what most people really my business partner would not have come into the industry without my encouragement and he's he is as important to the business as i am but we have different roles and i've got much more of a visionary role and he's much more of an implementer role. Yep. And so and the combination of that has allowed us growth that we couldn't have imagined otherwise or done without each other. So it said that that I think is important. But I think the other thing that really holds us back is this idea that um, and I talk about this in the book, so many businesses are steeped in this idea that it's all about the numbers. It's all about just quantity of leads. Wow. It's all about just and and I and that's in the book i talk about this as the lead gen mindset mm. and it's 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 really a mindset question like yes on my chart of accounts i've have lead generation you know that i know how much i'm spending in that category that's not right. that's not what i'm talking about what i'm talking about is a mindset towards people that sees them as commodities mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that goes for the people internally like hey, we just need more people pounding the phones and dialing for dollars or whatever it is right um the more salespeople out there, the better, um, and that is a commodity mindset tor- towards those people. And how many people do you know who have gone to, you know, great sales organizations and then they churn out? Well, they got the best training around, and but I'm not there two years from now. Versus an organization that sees each person that comes in as as an obligation, mm. and like like you don't get to fire your kids, right? So how do you see them? and what is your obligation to them in terms of the, the development of that talent yeah if you had that same mindset towards the people in your organization they would cut off their left arm for mm, the organization mm. they would do anything by, because you have a vision for them that is oftentimes greater than they have for themselves mm, that's good so i think that that is what when we start to commoditize human relationships and that's just one example of that we begin to bring in people who are just it's a carrot stick reality yeah what does that do to the client experience that commoditizes the client experience Mm. when we commoditize the client experience all that needs to happen for our business to become disruptible is for somebody to come in and offer what appears to be the same thing that we are at a lower price or in a quicker app and so don't want to be disruption proof it's about the people you surround yourself with about mm. where you source talent it's the people that you bring into your into your organization and it's about the 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 commoditization or lack thereof um of the client experience as well that's good that's good
0: pat is there anything we didn't get a chance to talk about today that you want to make sure you got some time to share
1: i feel like we could go on for for, for <laughs> we days. probably but, could no i you know i think you know we we hit on on so much and and i just i want to encourage people you know, so often people talk about their business. And really what they're talking about is is their practice. Mm. And I think this is an important distinction for people, right? Because you're gonna file taxes as a business owner and this sort of thing. Is your business capable of being around even if you got hit by a bus tomorrow? That's a business. Mm. Mm. And that requires a mindset towards the people that you're cultivating around you, yeah. So that they can take care of their families, regardless of whether you're there or not. Mm. And so, I I think the biggest encouragement needs to be kind of what you you oftentimes ask about. You know, where where where's the world going to be after you want to have a real impact? Well, yeah. build organizations, actually codify ideas mm-hmm. and organizations such that other people can do for their families, what you're aspiring to do for yours.
0: Mm. Oh, that's so good.
1: I love that. But it's so good.
0: Hey, if Pat, if people want to get in touch with you or follow what you're doing, get a copy of your book, I, what's the best way to do all of those things?
1: Super easy. Find your six, all spelled out, Okay, S-I-X.com. Um That's where you can find out more about me, download a free chapter of the book, um I, I have a challenge on that on that site it's a it's an eight week download mm. you can download it and and challenge yourself to go find your six or begin that process um so all of those resources are there for free on my website find dot and you can also reach out to me and we can we can touch base on anything you want to talk about fantastic fantastic you need to go
0: visit the website and this challenge sounds fantastic especially if you're not someone who has your six or you've got a little bit of that ego in the way thinking that you don't need it um, can tell you, it just makes all the difference in the world. Pat, we've come to the end of the show. My final question is always the same in three generations. What do you hope your great grandchildren
1: remember about you? I hope that they are, that they know that to be part of our family is to be someone who is radically generous with the gifts that they've been given Mm. and that Mm. hopefully they'll see that in me.
0: Mm. I love that. I love that our interview began and ends with generosity. How special is that? Amen. It's been a pleasure having you on the show. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Eric. Everyone, we will be with you again for another episode of Redefining Success. Thank you so much for joining us. God bless you. Have a fantastic day. Eric L. Dunivett here. Thank you so much for joining us for Redefining Success, the Kingdom Builder Spotlight. If you're a business owner or a family who is actively redefining success or have thoughts on kingdom impact or generational prosperity and you would like to be a guest on the show, then I invite you to apply. Visit www.ericldunovit.com slash podcast slash apply. Also, if you enjoyed today's episode, I would love for you to share that either through text or social media. Take a screenshot of the show and share that and share what you learned. If you know anyone that should be a guest on our show, we would also love for you to connect us to them. The best way to do that is to use hashtag redefining success. I love to read your thoughts and shares on social media, and we also are honored just to get any recommendations of people that you think we should be interviewing on the show. We are constantly adding new content, adding new podcasts. So first and foremost, I'm going to recommend that you subscribe so that you don't miss a thing. Also, you all of your likes, your reviews, your shares, all of that makes a big difference to the show. So if you'll include those when you can, we definitely appreciate it. If you'd like to get in touch with me, visit www.ericl360.com. And all of my connections to social and other ways to get in touch with me are there. This is Eric L. Donovan, the Mindset Disruption Strategist, signing off
1: until next time.